other people have stopped wordling or they're still wordling and just not posting about it as much? Oh, I don't know. I, as the three people who listen to this podcast will know, am a social media ghost. So I don't... That's not true anymore. You've posted like five stories in the last like two weeks. Yeah, I'm trying like really hard. I think that people... Well, I guess I can only speak for myself. I still do it. Not every single day, but most days. I think I was really on and off for a little while and now I'm a little back to normal, but I have stopped sending it to everyone because it had become slightly onerous. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really compare Wordles with anyone except Alex. Um, So it's just like a thing I do at midnight. I know a lot of people were obsessed with like having a consent, like a streak of their wordles and I changed phones like two months ago and so it, my streak was gone. I also think that the switch to New York Times messed a lot of people up. But then I think I was also just occasionally like missing a day and then I was like, yeah, whatever. Lately, I feel like I do it most days, but not always at a consistent time. And sometimes I send it to people, but sometimes I don't remember unless they send it to me. Well, I really enjoyed it when you sent me the Wordlebot thing, and I do use Wordlebot often, though only- Oh, really? Only when I think I've done okay. If I've gotten it in like six, I'm like, (laughs) I don't want Wordlebot to rag on me today. (laughs) Well, oh, is it mean? Because I've only done it like- maybe once or twice, and I totally forgot it existed. But I felt like it was usually like, yeah, this is okay. Or once I think I did really well, and I was like, I feel very validated that Wordlebot endorsed my strategy. Yes, I love it when Wordlebot is nice to me and tells me positive things. I dislike it when Wordlebot tells me things like, tisk tisk, shouldn't have done this word. How how mean is it? No, it's just like, it, it gives you constructive criticism, but sometimes I'm not open to that, okay? <laughs> I think that's about you, not Wordlebot. Sometimes it's like, you should have chosen this word and would have eliminated more options. And I'm like, well, Wordlebot, some of us are not just walking around spouting off five-letter words. Oh, is it that specific? I didn't realize it made suggestions. Yeah, sometimes it'll be like, well, you know how it like gives you a like a word and then it gives you like a number? Like crane, for instance, which I always start with is like its top choice. And so it's like, yes, this is great. Crane is your first word will eliminate like 99% or whatever. And they'll basically like categorize each word, subsequent word you use as like percentage wise or not percentage wise, but basically it ranks it as to how helpful it is. And sometimes I get it in fewer guesses, but it's like, this word is not as good as this word. And I'm like, well, whatever, Wordlebot. Oh, but doesn't that mean that theoretically you could have something that took you more guesses, but still be praised by the Wordlebot? Yeah, but sometimes it's just bad. And I know it's bad. And I know Wordlebot will tell me it's bad. Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, why did I repeat this letter in a spot that I knew it wasn't in? Just because I'm like not paying attention. I know. I mean, like last night I did like melee or this morning I did melee is one of my guesses. And I shouldn't have have chosen a word with three E's. I don't know, though. That's such a common letter. I mean, I feel like I've reached a point or I guess like after the first few weeks with Wordle, I feel like I reached a point where I understood the ideal strategy, but it was dull. So now I just start with whatever I feel like and see what happens. You love to live on the edge. I do. Well, welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. And this month we're talking about Crush, the new teen queer rom-com on Hulu. I'm glad this came out and it was so timely because, I mean, it was good for the podcast and I was excited to watch it. 
Yeah, when you texted me being like, I think we should do this, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then it took me a little time to look it up and I was like, oh. I know. I kind of missed it and then I saw the trailer and for some reason I just didn't connect the two and be like, oh, we should do this for the podcast. And then when Alex and I were fully sitting down to watch it, I was like, we should do this for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But we actually haven't really discussed it so much before this recording, so we were both pretty busy. What did you think? I enjoyed it a lot. Someone actually asked me about it last night because I think in my attempts to be better at social media, I posted about Crush and about Heartstopper and someone was like, oh, I've seen one but not the other. How is it? And I was like, I enjoyed it, but I haven't talked to Alex yet, so I don't know what her opinion was. I really liked it too. Oh, good. Yeah. I would have thought so, but I don't know if maybe you've suddenly taken issue with like Moana's face. No, I really liked her face. Oh, I liked everyone's face, but I'm just saying, after our last episode. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I look, look, <laughs> I didn't know I hated Cole Sprouse's face so much. Um, I loved it when he was a child on Friends. Anyway, before we go down that road again, I enjoyed it very, very much. I will say the only thing is that I'm a little traumatized that the girl meets world child and Moana are old enough now to be romantic leads in a movie that I'm viewing. Especially Rowan Blanchard because she was so young at the time. I know. It's weird. I feel like you blink and I'm like, oh, they are much bigger now. They are in their 20s and I'm delighted by their performance, but a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, so Ali Corvallo, I thought was so cute. I loved her face. Everyone was so cute. This was delightful. I know, but I particularly liked her face. I felt like I was talking about a weird amount considering she was playing like a child. I'm like, I'm not attracted to the situation, but she's, but I was like, she's so pretty. I didn't know. I think what Matt said was that he didn't realize that she was going to grow up to have such a Tessa Thompson energy, which isn't necessarily a thought that I would have had, but then I I was extremely delighted later when Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie came up in the context of the movie. I know, I know. I enjoyed that too. By pure coincidence. Yes. I did feel also that this movie just called out so many people i like kind of like you know i know i felt like the the witchy lesbian Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i was like oh no this is too real yes there were many many things and there were even a couple moments where i was like who wrote this movie because you gotta stop putting these things out of the world (laughs) i know i know before we get into the other stuff let's summarize the film first so spoilers for crush just came out of hulu but you know, we live in the world of streaming now. You best watch it before everyone talks about it. Uh, Rowan Blanchard plays a high school junior who is an aspiring artist who is trying to get into a program at CalArts. But the problem is she's stymied by the essay question, essentially, which is like, draw your happiest moment or something like that. And she can't figure out what is her happiest moment. She is an out lesbian at her very diverse, very queer high school. And she... Uh, is desperately in love and has been since like she was 10 with this girl um, named Isabella? No, Gabriella. No, that's the actress's name is Isabella. Okay, yeah, Gabby. Yeah, Gabby. And uh, has been like hopelessly into her for years. Gabby is also out and queer and her twin sister is played by Ali Cravalho, who is also out in queer. It's just like a whole queer situation. I was a little bit like, not that I'm not 
massively enjoying this situation, but are we at like Sarah Lawrence High School? What is happening? I know. I was like, this is just like my college experience. Is everyone gay? Okay. But it's not an all-girls school. So I was just like, so many people are queer and then even the straights seem queer. I know. Yes, I was really shocked because Rowan Blanchard's best friend is um, is this guy who's straight. And I was like, well, ostensibly you're straight, but you've shown up. And I think you are definitely at least bi-curious. <laughs> I was shocked near the end of the movie to discover that Matt had retained the name of that character, which I had not. But I think that throughout the film, although we were a little bit like, your heterosexual relationship is so aggressive that I'm like, not sure how I feel about it. But he was pleased, I think, to have representation for his type of straight boy. Oh, a very gay one. Correct. At this high school, uh, it's being plagued by a mural artist who's like basically <laughs> like a like a child. It's Banksy. like a school Banksy, yeah. yeah. Um, and the principal and the and the track coach seem to think that it's Rowan Blanchard for literally no reason. I think just because she's an artist. Yes, they literally just accuse her, and they're like, "Surely you must be this person defacing school property." And she's like, "What proof do you have?" And they're and the principal is like, "Well, I'm going to suspend you anyway." And Rowan Blanchard's like, "No, no, no! I'll make you a deal. I will join the track team because they need more people, and I will investigate and find out who's the actual culprit, and I will give you a name by the end of the semester." And Michelle Buteau, the principal, is like, all right, fine. Like, this is acceptable to me, I guess. I found this extremely weird and inappropriate. This is very far-fetched. They're basically like, you have no extracurriculars, so you're probably a graffiti sociopath? Like, I don't know. So Rowan Blanchard joins the track team, despite, you know, not being athletic in the least. And the coach is basically like, well, I'll have uh, Ellie Cravallo train you. So you can see where this is going. And Ellie Cravallo is one of the co-captains of the team, along with her queer twin sister. So Rowan Blanchard is like, great, I'll be close to Gabby, my, my future wife. Correct, yes. And I mean, like, in typical rom-com fashion, Rowan Blanchard and Ali Cravallo actually discovered they have some things in common. They are doing some investigating of the Banksy-esque uh, artists together. They end up really connecting and then kissing on an overnight trip where Rowan Blanchard realized that her feelings for Gabby have now shifted to her sister. Uh, but then Ali Cravallo is like horribly betrayed. Basically, she finds out that Rowan Blanchard was into her sister. And she's like used to always coming second. And there's a whole thing where like through scheming and, and seven minutes in heaven and teen stuff, they share what Ali thinks is their first kiss. However, Rowan has had a really awkward kiss with her sister like a week or two earlier. Yes. And she realized that like it had fizzled and just what she wasn't really into her anymore. But Ali Cravalo is like, you lied to me, like blah, blah. Well, and I think she just has like stuff about always coming second to her sister, who's like the shiniest girl at Mount Holyoke High School or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Smith High School. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and then she also lets out the, the, lets the bomb drop that she is Banksy, essentially. So then Rowan Blanchard is like, oh shit, I fucked up. And instead like stages this big intervention and also tries to turn herself in to the principal as the Banksy. But uh, 
Instead, she makes like a whole speech in front of the school and kisses Ali Kvalo and they end up together. I'm just laughing because I just noticed that in my notes it says Ali looks fabulous. Heartbreak works on her. <laughs> I know. I was like, she's so cute. <laughs> she's so cute. I was a little bit like, why wasn't one of them blonde? But like, okay. Oh, because of my Disney hair color thing? Well, I think like most people's hair color thing, people love a brunette and blonde pair. What are you thinking of? Lesbians love a brunette and a blonde. I thought lesbians love to look like sisters. I mean, I think it's lesbians in real life. Lesbians watching TV lesbians. Oh, I see. Yes, the the Disney thing. Yeah. In real life, lesbians do love to look alike. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I have a lot of follow-up questions because I want to know which movies you're talking about. But I have a couple of different questions and I would like to address them chronologically. Okay. My first question is, so... What happens with Rowan is that she meets Gabby in like the fifth grade and falls in love with her when Gabby sits down next to her and they become like a couple for one of those egg parenting projects. Yeah. Fifth grade seemed really young for that, by the way. Yeah, it was, there were a lot of, I had a lot of question marks about this. But then later we get sort of like a remix of this flashback where we discover that Ali I guess was always into her and that she had like gotten up from her seat and Gabby just like sat down there. Yep. And I was like, how did that work though? Like she got up to sharpen a pencil. I know. I don't know. Her sister just swept in. <laughs> but it's not like she took all her stuff with her. Yeah, but maybe, I don't know. Clearly Gabby like didn't respect Allie's personal space enough. <laughs> anyway... So this deeply confused me, but overall, I really liked their, like, she's into her, who's into her dynamic as soon as you were like, oh, this is clearly what's happening, and their rainbow effects, and I think they did also a really nice job with the sister dynamic and of making Gabby appealing while also letting us know that Rowan was obviously getting together with, I see that in my notes it says Moana, but... (laughs) Yeah, no. I switched back and forth between her name and Moana, I think. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, I think so too. I was wondering, like, Alex and I were wondering if they were going to address the sister stuff. And then when Ali is, like, betrayed, she also gets really mad at her sister. They have, like, a whole situation. I actually think, the yeah, I think the writers did a really good job of framing that uh, conflict and introducing it and then resolving it, like, in, like, a very short amount of time. Yeah, because the movie's mostly from Rowan's point of view, so you don't necessarily know how they feel about each other for a while. But I loved that after they get in that fight, basically, her friends kind of hold her back and they give the sisters that moment to have the conversation out and really center that relationship. Yeah. Though I did wonder, like, Ali talks a lot about, like, pressure that she gets from her parents and, like, them wanting her to be a division whatever athlete or whatever. And I was like, is she a better runner? Or are they just happier with the other child in every way? I think it's that they're happier with Gabby in like every way. Like she's like the more outgoing one. She's the more, I don't know, like social one. She's the more appealing one, I guess. I don't know. Because they're both fine. But like she says like, they're also like clearly both accomplished and smart or whatever. But she says kind of like, well, I might be misremembering this. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like she's like, I came out and they like ignored it. But then Gabby came out like at her birthday party. Yeah, I think it was always just Gabby made space for herself in the family. And Ali wasn't like that. I was a bit confused because they're twins. But I was like, did Gabby just have a party by herself? Oh my god, you're so right. 
Matt was like really hung up on this and I tried to justify it. Yeah, I just rewatched like the first half of the movie like a couple days ago. So I think it is her 14th birthday and I didn't really clock it, but you are correct. They are twins. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Did they have separate parties? Did one kid have a huge party because she's the outgoing one and the other kid's just like there? Did they say our? Did she say our? She definitely says her. Oh, jeez. Okay, weird. I know because Matt was so momentarily hung up on this. I didn't even catch it, but now I too am confused. Look, I'm going to be rewatching this film so we can discuss. Okay, okay, okay. I have another question, yeah. which is, are co-ed track teams normal? <laughs> Great question. It also seemed at one point that the entire school was now on the track team. Yes, yes, like that Renfair boy. I was like, oh, he's at this meet or this party or whatever. Like, what is happening? And also, the whole thing is that they say like, oh, we're going to pair you with a more experienced team member to like make you better at running. And she's hoping it's going to be Gabby, but it turns out to be her sister. But the coach says something like, I don't get paid enough to stay after school. And I was like, is track practice not normally after school? Okay, so I do feel like the school realism parts of the film were a little (laughs) bit scrapped in favor of other elements. I don't need (laughs) realism in this situation. I just had some questions. Yeah, some things were a little too weird to be believed in this world that ostensibly is realistic. I also want to ask you, like... I, especially as a teenager, am deeply capable of being obsessed with a thing or a person. But have I ever liked any girl enough to run? Oh, God, no. No, never. (laughs) Never, never, never. I would have never done this. I mean, there are other things that push her towards this decision, but I just, I can't. Also, like, in what scenario do you think that's ending well for you? I mean, it did, but only because you're in a movie. Well, maybe she's not as opposed to running as we are, although she seemed like she was. She seems very opposed to running at the outset of the film. She did at one point say, call Gatorade sports juice, which I find exceptionally relatable. Look, maybe it was helped by the fact that her best friends were also on the track team inexplicably. I was like, why is even anyone going out for the track team? Clearly everyone is making it onto the track team. I mean, maybe they're just all padding their college applications. Yeah, I don't know. It was a very charming, self-actualized fantasy, I want to say Los Angeles high school? Yeah, I have no idea where they were, but it seemed like it was Southern California. I thought the subplots were cute. I enjoyed Megan Mullally as her oversexed single mom. (laughs) I was prepared totally for the film to be a bit more like to all the boys. I I don't know why. I think it was just like, I don't know. I had like made some connections when I watched the trailer. I just kind of expected that. And so I think I was unprepared for how much, how much sexuality stuff like made it into the film and how many sex jokes there were. Um, I was a little thrown by that. I thought it was going to be more like kind of like a wholesome thing. I wasn't preparing for a more book smart vibe, you know? I don't think I would call this a book smart vibe. No, no, no. But it's obviously like somewhere in between on that spectrum. Yeah, I really liked this space. Yeah. It wasn't weird and disney to the point of like, okay, you met a teenager, nor was it like, I'm uncomfortable with the behavior of these yes. teenagers. Yes, yes, yeah. Especially because like, we were not teenagers living very exciting lives. I know that'll be a huge shock to everyone who's listening to the <laughs> podcast, but <laughs> I just mean like sometimes, okay, 
Let me preface this by saying I actually haven't seen Euphoria, but I feel that that is the logical reference here of being like, sometimes you're just like, who is living this life? Not, not us. No, no, no. Nor, honestly, any of the actual teenagers that I know, but maybe teenagers that they know. I have met while teaching like some children who like would not have been out of place in Euphoria. So I will say some are, I guess. I'm going to check out Euphoria and get back to you. Mm, it's not. I only watched the pilot and it is a lot. I mainly know the aesthetic as opposed to the content. You get the vibe. I think so. Speaking of not cool kids, yeah. quite enjoyed the Ren Fair Club. I really enjoyed the Ren Fair Club too. I thought it was very specific and weird, but delightful. But I was like, do you really have a feast every month? That just seems like a lot of money. Um, I'd love to feast every month. Yeah, but it's like, how much are they like paying for these feasts? I mean, catering rates, I assume. It's not just like a hundred bucks for a pizza party, you know? Okay, so there's a couple of questions, right? How big is the club? How hardworking are the parents volunteering? Okay, good point. And I don't know, what's the cost of food in their area, I guess? Because I think when you buy large quantities of stuff, it's inherently cheaper. You know, like if- Like if they're like Costcoing all their Renfair food? Yes, yeah, suddenly I'm wondering if Costco- sh- sells those giant legs you're so enamored of. No, I'm not allowed to have them anymore. I never eat a whole one and they're just wasted. But what if you could get them and keep them in the freezer? No, they're never as good as I think they might be. I mean, I know this, but I'm a little sad that you now know this. I love the first three bites of a turkey leg. Oh, in general, not just at a Ren Faire. Well, there's more of a novelty factor at a Ren Faire that adds to the flavor. But in general, I don't love turkey. And after three bites of this massive turkey leg, it's just this massive turkey leg that I now have to hold. Does it come from a massive turkey? I don't know, actually. I have wondered. Like, where is the giant that's raising these turkeys? Yeah, maybe pumped full of hormones. I mean, definitely. But have you been to more than... We can't go down this road. Okay. (laughs) Um... I enjoyed the updated version of Seven Minutes in Heaven. Yep, I thought that was cute. And I'm curious if the pulling phones out of a bag thing is real. I wouldn't be surprised. It's kind of like, um, because my reference was like, oh, it's like a key party, which my only reference is, I've never been to a key party. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My only reference is, is the episode of the OC where Sandy and Kirsten accidentally find themselves at like a swinger key party. What? Yeah, it's like- Sandy and Kirsten? Yes, it's an accident. It's in season two sometime. And yeah, they end up like accidentally going to a swinger party. But basically I was like, oh, this is like a like a 2022 like kid version of that. Oh. I think the reference is apt. Huh. So what happens here is they're basically like, look, we're in an era where we believe in consent, so you don't have to make out, but it's so long to be in a bathroom with someone and not make out. And then they're drawing the phones. And I guess this som- somewhat makes sense. The sisters have the same phone. Yeah. And in the same, case. Yeah, in the same case. To be honest, that's weird to me. But regardless, but her friend who knows where it's at uh, asks what the phone background is and lies. But this raises a, this is the part where Ali says that her phone background is tessa thompson as valkyrie which is perfect however does gabby have a picture of herself as her phone background yep and i asked myself this exact question as well i was like i don't know i just feel like it says a lot about a person when their phone background is themselves yeah not even like her with a friend or her with the ex no just her face 
her own face. <laughs> and I understand that for story purposes, this was most effective visually. However, feels like you could have done something that wasn't just like, who wants to open their phone and look at their own face? It could have been her with like friends, like a group shot, her and her sister, her and the family. It was, it was weird. It was a weird choice. I was like, I full, I mean, like, right, we needed that visual, like, to, as an audience to, like, know what was happening. Like, it was obviously not Aoi's phone, but I was like, I don't understand this. There was honestly also, like, even if, because Aoi says that her background is Valkyrie, even if you don't, first of all, who doesn't know what Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie looks like? But if you happen to not know, maybe if, the background was just like puppies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess I don't think like the visual, maybe they were worried that the visual wouldn't would play. Th- yeah, exactly. I mean, people are really stupid. <laughs> um, This was a good movie. I know. I thought the writing was really great and I really enjoyed myself. Way more than Moonshot. Oh my God. Um, I didn't dwell on this earlier, but Megan Mullally was indeed great. Actually, when you said the thing about things being kind of dirty, I was like, Megan Mullally was in this film, but he was true. <laughs> and I didn't not enjoy her weird flirtation with the track coach. I know. I know. Yeah, I, I was like, I always enjoy Megan Mullally. She's always excellent. Um, I really liked the script. I thought a lot of jokes were really funny. I thought some of it was a little awkward, I think. I think I, think I thought like some of Rowan Blanchard's acting choices were a little awkward for me, but I don't know. They're kids. I think they picked a specific vibe for her and I enjoyed her, but I don't think I could have described what the choice was that they made. Okay. But now, why we're on the subject of Rowan Blanchard. Uh Uh-oh. Have you heard the controversy around her? No. Okay. So apparently, I don't know when this happened. Apparently, like some people, because we knew about this movie coming out like a while ago. Like I, I knew it when it was announced. I knew who was starring and I just forgot it was happening. Basically, like months ago, Ali Carvalho posted a TikTok in response to someone who was like, oh, yay, Rowan Blanchard and Ali Carvalho are going to be in this queer rom-com. And basically, Ali kind of referred to Rowan Blanchard being biphobic um, and oh. not being a great co-star. And... Yes, and it is now since been deleted, but I'm sure you could find out more if you Googled. And apparently Rowan Blanchard has a history of like saying or like liking like biphobic things and then claiming that she's not biphobic because her boyfriend at the time was is trans. I'm not sure if she's still seeing the same person. Okay, I needed clarification. Is she queer? supposedly i think i don't i don't know i was like i'm not i don't have enough facts about i need like so much more content i know i was like these two people are children children. so i have no i don't think i have a lot of information about this but i do think i i kind of have a vague memory of rowan blanchard like in her teens saying she was queer huh okay i have absolutely no information about this i just asked because when you said biphobic i was like i guess that usually means queer because otherwise it's usually just homophobia yeah 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 anyway so that's all i have um i'm sorry to bring it down a little bit but i think i had to address it because it was i think it like makes it circles on like tiktok and like i think some some queer kids like don't think very highly of rowan blanchard because of various issues around this obviously i don't have enough to make any judgments nor do i care about her sure She's perpetually, like, 
whatever age she was to me, eight, 11. Right. But also if she's biphobic, it's just like a perplexingly weird stance to take for a person. So. But a very common one, I guess. But, uh, but I, is, so is she, well, I guess she's also got time to, uh, become less wrong. Yeah. I hope so too. Um, I think she supposedly made like an apology, not apology. Again, I don't have details, so. A very popular form of apology. A favorite one could say of celebrities. <laughs> well, back to the nice bits of the film. <laughs> uh, what were some of your favorite scenes and lines? There were so many good ones. I think that the scene in the bathtub where they have their first kiss was truly wonderful. I really liked it. I really especially loved that line transition from when Aoli, like they were kissing and Aoli is like, is this going to be awkward later because they are like assigned to share a hotel room? Oh, and they're like, no, no, it's not. And then it immediately cuts to the two of them awkwardly in bed next to each other being like, mm. Yep. I wrote that down as well. So real, incredible, so teenagery. Yeah. I really like that. Everything in that sequence was lovely from like sort of the weird lead up into that event to the actual scene with their banter and the first kiss to the stuff afterward with her like running into Gabby and basically Gabby kind of tries to kiss her again I think yeah yeah and I thought they did such a nice job with Rowan saying that she has a crush on someone else and getting that like classic rom-com miscommunication conflict without anyone doing anything really stupid That was well executed, and I was impressed. I feel like it's a thing that a lot of rom-coms have screwed up, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And what I enjoyed about this film especially is that I think it spent enough time building up that relationship between Rowan Blanchard and Ali Corvallo. Like, it was really cute. It was believable. I was shocked at the end of the movie when they were like, oh, a semester passed, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, did they give us a hanging out montage, or did we just see a bunch of scenes? I think we just saw a bunch of scenes. We saw them, like, talk to each other a bunch, but it gave, I I mean, it gave me the feeling that like they made enough of a connection no they absolutely did the reason i asked that is because i am mixing it up with heartstopper <laughs> i guess i will give an honorable mention to many appearances by megan mullally yes <laughs> i think one of my favorites is when rowan is like spiraling and trying to make her friend kiss her <laughs> Because, yes, because she's like, what if I'm a bad kisser? Is that why my kiss with Gabby was so terrible? And mom comes in and is like, no means no, Paige. Come on, you're not a man. <laughs> and there's a couple of other good lines in here there, like her being like, it's a structured blazer. And the cute dynamic with her friend who clearly lives at their house being like, did you pack us food? Yeah, I really liked her. Um, I deeply enjoyed the uh, again the witchy lesbian the horse lesbian um (laughs) i was like oh no this horse girl is from my college yes the witch was so great because i truly enjoyed rowan's initial rejection of her as a love interest option because she was like if i'm gonna date a witch she has to be a talented one and then as well as the girl's own appearances where she was like you didn't see me must be the masking spell you're like oh my god you're a psycho and it's hilarious but Particularly that like she and Ali basically bond because they both think she's weird and then it turns out that she's been casting a spell on them. It's weird to be so obsessed with those two girls, but like, and like not do a love spell for yourself, but like, sure, okay, whatever. I mean, maybe she's happily with a horse gay. Oh yeah, that would be a great pair. 
But like maybe she was in that fifth grade class and saw this whole thing unfold. Maybe she was really driven by the injustice of Gabby just like sliding into Ali Cravalho's chair and stealing her partner. Truly, where was the teacher? <laughs> it was like a free-for-all in that classroom. And it's not even like they're identical twins, in which case you, you might be like, oh, okay, sure, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They looked vaguely alike, but are definitely different. Yes. Oh, one random thing I enjoyed is when they are trying to encourage Rowan to date other people. I think that's what's happening, like, early on. This yeah. is when we meet the, like, array of queers at the school. There's one where she's basically being, like, she's fingered everyone or something like that. Yeah, she's a gateway gay. <laughs> And her friend was like, so what? I'm sure she's washed her hands. I really like that AOC joke. So her her best friends are together. They're, they're, you know, straight. And they're both running to be class president against each other, but are also like, they rag on each other, but are also like turned on by this. And at one point at this party, they go upstairs to have sex. And Rowan Blanchard like walks in with Allie and they, they're like in the bed. And then there's like some sort of congressional C-SPAN situation <laughs> playing with AOC on the screen. And they're like, like, don't do this in front of AOC. She doesn't deserve to see this. No, she's working hard enough. Seriously. Oh, I liked at the end when Gabby is in on... Oh, we got to talk about the end, but that, that's about to happen. I enjoyed the end when Gabby is in on Rowan's scheme to get Allie, who's been suspended for being Banksy, to the school to see her, like, love graffiti, basically. And Gabby, I think, tries to, like, draw an arrow or something, something extremely simple to give her sister a clue as to like sort of scavenger hunt style where to go and she was kind of like what you don't get it and Ali says no I feel like I'm playing Pictionary with an infant (laughs) (laughs) oh I forgot about that I enjoyed that I enjoyed that too a lot of the ending is a bit fuzzy because I watched the full movie like a little while ago and then rewatched like half of it and then never got around to like watching the back half Okay, so I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and have no real complaints, but I will say, and are we moving on to like worst scene, worst line kind of situation? Yes. Do you have anything left that you want to say about Bess? I mean, I can talk about the tampon thing, I guess. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't think I have anything. I don't really have any worst either. Like there was nothing that really stood out to me except for like a couple of weird choices or like things based in real you know like nitpicky stuff yeah i have worse but i would say like these weren't scenes that i disliked these were just scenes that were not as compelling as the rest of the movie okay so what were they for you um i think the initial principal teacher like interrogation scene was not amazing like not terrible oh yeah i found it a little awkward but i think it was also because the logic of it was just it, it just didn't make any sense, like not even in like a contrived way. Yes. There were parts of this movie that were like broader than others. And that was definitely one of those times. But I was like, I'm just confused. But beyond that, like near the end after their conflict, I think everything else was basically very strong until near the end. And then I think they have kind of like a confrontation in a ballot box, which I was like, kind of meh, like not bad not offensive to me like many rom-com confrontations just like this wasn't that compelling but i don't think it was her fault i was just like this is not as good as everything up to this point point." Mm-hmm. and then i was like oh i've correctly guessed that she's gonna tag a wall with her happiest moment but i did not see the weird assembly situation coming no <laughs> so i have two 
concerns about this. Not concerns. I have two quibbles. One is that it's so unrealistic to me that the entire school is watching mostly quietly and not constantly heckling them. Well, maybe they were taken aback and me was supposed to be announcing who was going to be class president. There's just that one kid who's like, hey, I can't hear anything. I did enjoy that joke. Yes. I'm glad that Tim ships it. But more to the point, it was really weird to me that this very personal mural was just going to stay at the school. Mm, that is a good point. Because it's basically a, pa- a bunch of paintings of them. And it's cute and it's nice and it totally makes sense for the rom-com of it all. But I was a little bit like, unlike the the King Pun, that's what the Banksy character is called. Unlike those murals, these aren't really like for a general audience. I mean, maybe because these kids are growing up in an age where everything is just shared, they feel less weird about... Leaving personal touches on public property. I mean, I guess, you know, like, we actually went to a school with a lot of murals. And some of those were real people. But I feel like they were, like, large group scene of people eating lunch. Yeah, no, that it wasn't, like, just my moments with this one girl who (laughs) my relationship may not last the summer with. (laughs) (laughs) Look, she doesn't have that kind of hindsight, so I do buy that, but it's weird that the principal is like, yeah, I'm about it. It does seem weird. Like, they might, like, what if they break up over the summer and then they come back to the school? I mean, it's going to be senior year. And then they're like, hmm, this is weird. I guess it's just paint. Like, they can redo it next year. But I I want to be clear. The actual, the actual them getting together was totally cute. Yes. It was just oddly public. <laughs> And I questioned the future of this mural. (laughs) Not that we're like looking for realism in rom-coms, but sometimes I can't buy into the rom-com logic either. I also want to note that you and I are notorious public declaration haters, which are a staple of the genre. Like, I cannot believe that there are people who want to be proposed to in public. You gotta be pretty confident. So we've done our best. We've done our worst. Um, Let's do our POC count. I mean, one of the leads. Maybe maybe both of the leads. I, I guess I don't really know about Rowan Blanchard, but definitely Ali and her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the best friend was also, like, Latino. Oh my god, you're totally right. He, he did that thing that happens sometimes when people say Spanish or Spanish-adjacent things, and you're like, are you? Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll just count that as possibly yes. Um, his girlfriend... Oh, okay. Well, it is a Spanish. Uh, yes. I mean, I almost didn't, I didn't really count because it was almost everyone. Yeah. Maybe Rowan is intended to be white, which she is mostly, I believe, in real life because Megan Mullally is her mom. Oh, yeah. Megan Mullally also inseminated herself with like sperm from a sperm bank. So who knows? I assume that Rowan Blanchard's character would ID herself as primarily white. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but yeah, I guess all the other leads, the coach, the principal, other side characters. I really enjoyed the charming fantasy that was brought to us by Hulu and Kirsten and Casey, the writers. So what would you rate this film? Eight? Nine? It was really good. It wasn't perfect, but I think it's sort of exactly what I wanted it to be. I think I would give it a nine. Great. Nine, spin the, no, seven minutes in heaven, nine minutes in heaven. I did have a thought though, which was like, 
is this the only genuinely good, fully not sad queer movie we have watched? Like, really, like, it's teen, so that's a little different, but, like, a really, like, normal queer rom-com with girls. Oh, with girls. Because like, I was like, I was like, we like single all the way. Yes, Happiest Season was stressful. Uh, Yeah, no, no, no. We don't call that uh, a fully not sad queer movie. Yeah, I had a lot of complaints about that Because I'm thinking, like, I like an Alice Wu, but neither of those is, like, unabashedly fun. That's true. Imagine me and you has cheating. Like, this is like when we watched Crazy Rich Asians and we were like, say what you will about whatever, but, like, this is the Nancy Myers house porn vibe that you're looking for in a big budget rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think Crush would fall into that category. I mean, but I don't... Truly, like, are there others that we have personally enjoyed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ha- I don't think I have seen, but, like, you know, to be fair, there are a lot of releases on streaming platforms now. We don't get to them all. Oh, yes. There's definitely... It's definitely possible there are a lot of newer things that we don't know about. Yeah. But... Send there, them to us. It, yeah, exactly. If there are, let us know. Anyway, sorry, you were saying eight or nine, or sorry, nine minutes in heaven. Oh. I don't think I even referenced this, but I wrote nine joust your heart outs. Nine Banksies. Nine nine high school Banksies. I truly don't know how that girl found time to be a co-captain for the track team and also just Banksy her heart out, like, every week. Maybe the witch is helping her. Maybe. Nine masking spells. Nine queers. There were way more than nine. There were a lot. It was like every child. <laughs> Nine Tessa Thompson Moanas. I like that. Nine Tessa Thompsons is Valkyrie. I think we can yes. all agree on that. That's 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 a good ending point. Well, thank you so much for joining us this month. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next month. We don't really plan what we're going to watch ahead of time like people who should. So if you have suggestions, please let us know. We're very flexible. We're terrible podcasters. Really bad. You know what? This is for, a lot of it is for our own delight. Anyway, please follow us on social media. Um, You will receive at least one post a month. And we'll talk to you next month. (laughs) Two, two. There's an anticipation (laughs) post. If you follow us on multiple mediums, you'll get one or two posts on each (laughs) per month. We're doing great. (laughs) This is just an excuse for us to get together once a month and talk about, like, urine elevators. (laughs) Well, now people are going to wonder about that one. They'll have to wait for next time. Bye. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.